Hey, you guys, I'm so glad to have a special guest with us here on Black Canvas. His name is Isaac Parker. And if you guys have never heard of him before, you're in for a treat because he's not only an amazing person, but he's a great singer. And I think that he has a lot of talent. And I reached out to him and he said he wanted to be a part of this show. So Isaac, I'm giving him actually the honor of really properly introducing himself. And then we're going to go into some questions so we can get to know him a little bit more. How are you feeling, Isaac? I'm feeling great. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> so yeah, like you said, I am a singer-songwriter. I was born and raised in Mormon, Utah, so just in suburbia out here. Um, I uh, sing singer-songwriter, like I said. I am fairly new. I debuted just last year as a solo artist, but I've been hard at work. I released four EPs this year, which it was kind of a lot of crazy work, but it's been tons of fun. So I'm just enjoying life post-graduating with my master's degree, actually, in business, which has nothing to do with music, but it's kind of fun. First of all, I want to congratulate you. Congratulations on completing that. That That is one of the hardest programs to go through. And I actually have a bachelor's in business and I have a master's in mental health counseling. So I kind of switched careers completely. <laughs> so I totally understand. But I really want to commend you for that. Well, thank you. And that's awesome for you, too. Not many people have master's degrees. So that's impressive. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it, it was one of the hardest things I think I've ever gone through because I completely switched into a new career that I knew nothing really about. And I just always had a passion for wanting to be a counselor. And after that year and a half, I was like, whoa, I didn't can believe I put all that information in my head. Um, but I've been counseling now for <laughs> seven, actually seven years now. So it's been really cool. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations. That's way cool. You could just switch halfway through. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I got to the point where I was like, you know, I love crunching numbers. And I was like, no, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I want to do something different and more fun. So, it's- Oh, yeah. See, that that's where I got to, too. Like, I, I got my master's degree in business, obviously, because, you know, the music industry is super fickle as far as compensation goes and getting making it actually living out of it. So I got that degree so I could, you know, eat dinner because I, I like to eat. But it's definitely, I feel you, crunching numbers is not what I do for my whole life. So I'm trying to pivot more into music, but having that safety net. And I get that. And the one thing you guys, when y'all hear his music, like I'm going to let him at the end kind of share, and he will be back in the future to sing on Space Between, which is the second podcast. I really, y'all going to understand how talented he is. And I feel like, you know, you have to have a dream and a belief system in yourself. Because if you don't believe in your own ability, especially since COVID, this is a time for a lot of people to really start getting out there and chasing their dreams. So we're glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And I absolutely agree with everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Isaac, I have some questions for you. The first one I wanted to ask is, um, who helped you in music growing up? Did you have any musical influences, either family-wise or any musicians that you saw growing up that influenced you? Uh, yeah. So I, like almost everyone who is in Utah, um, learned to play the piano from a very young age. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like everyone, all of us, we all played soccer and we all played piano. So I played piano until I was 11 years old. I was forced to, and I hated doing it because I'm stubborn and I don't like being doing what I'm told. So then I did that, but then I stopped to play sports for a couple of years. And then I realized that I just loved music. And so I actually went back and I self-taught piano and guitar and I started to learn violin, but then I started getting into singing and songwriting, which was what I really and passionate about. So I would say my mom was the one who originally got me into music by forcing me to play the piano. 
But after that, it was really just seeing so many uh, artists on TV and stuff really inspired me. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to create songs like they create and put that out in the world. And so a lot of it was actually self-driven. I was not surrounded with a very musical uh, environment because my family is very athletic and sporty. And so, and I didn't really have very many musical friends actually. So a lot of it was self-driven. Oh, that's cool. I like that. And I think for a lot of musicians, um, there's actually someone else I interviewed and he does a great job. He just has different instruments that he'll get mailed to his house and he'll learn something new. Um, his name is Ronnie Green. So if you want to look him up, he's really cool. And I just thought that was like, wow, I would never, I'm not musically inclined that way where I can just pick up this instrument and learn it. But I think that's cool. That's great. Yeah, that's way cool for him. <laughs> I wish I could. I'm not quite that talented. It took me years to learn, but. <laughs> <laughs> but we never know the future might line that up for you and that might be new gigs. You're like, wait, I never knew I could do that. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Maybe I'll start playing the oboe or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have another question for you. If you could create your own genre of music, what would you call it? And would it be similar to anything that we hear on the radio today? Yeah, for sure. So I feel like I already, my music is kind of its own genre, which makes it difficult as I'm starting because people ask me like, oh, what kind of music do you make? And I'm like, I have to give this really long explanation because it's, kind of a combination of a lot of really unique elements which is kind of like my personality is too so i really like a lot of random music so i really like korean pop but i also really like american country music and early 2000s pop punk so my music is kind of a it takes elements from all three of those and that's if i could make any genre music i I would listen to that all the time if other musicians made that music that would be ideal for me so i like to joke that it's a pop because you know like korean pop is k-pop and so since it's like american with those like americana country and kind of punk elements i i jokingly call it a pop is what i would say um yeah that's what i want to make and if i could get an entire genre going of that that would be the absolute dream (laughs) man that'd be really cool i mean manifested i think that's a good thing a pop that actually sounds pretty cool i like that sound Thanks. (laughs) Now, if I had a genre of music, it probably will be similar to like jazz. I love jazz music. And I actually spoke to a guy yesterday with jazz and he did a really great job with our interview. But jazz is a big one for me. I love R&B music and I love country music. Now, I don't know how all three of those would go together. (laughs) (laughs) See, yeah, that's how I feel. I'm like, it, it takes a lot of balancing acts to kind of balance those different elements from the genres that are so very different. But I feel that. Yeah. And that's what I love. Like my favorite, everyone knows like the Grammys is one of my favorite award shows to watch because they have so many different eclectic artists that can perform different types of music together. And I always remember the Eminem um, Elton John performance was always one of the most unique performances. Or we could even use like, um, trying to think, I think, I don't want to be incorrect, but I think it was Beyonce and Tina Turner, I believe, one year, if I'm not mistaken. But just seeing so many different genres on one stage, it's just like, wow, this is just so cool to just see them open up a show or close a show. And you're like, wow, that's, that, that was spectacular. Yeah, that's always so fun to watch as like there's like the crossovers. I love those. Me too. So speaking of crossover, is there a current artist that's out right now that you are dying to work with? And who's currently on your playlist? Well, I mean, those are kind of the same question. <laughs> but right. if, 
there's so many artists I would love to work with. I I respect and I think there's so many awesome talented people. But if I could pick anyone, without a doubt, like it would be Miranda Lambert. I love her so much. She, I admire her both as a person and an artist and her music. So I think it would just be so cool to meet her and be able to work with her because I've seen some back, behind the scenes interviews of like how she works and stuff. And I think she just has such an interesting way of doing that. And I know our voices work well together because I'll harmonize to her in the shower all the time. But <laughs> I also just love her. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> but I just love her as an artist because she's so versatile. And that's what I want to be. Like her most famous songs have such a big range. She has, you know, her really angry songs from her early era that are like, I'm going to go slash your tires. And then really, really sad songs that can make you just cry. And then a really silly one about dyeing your hair blonde. And then an uplifting one that just like makes everything feel better. And a very, I found very few artists who are able to do that. A lot of them get kind of pigeonholed into this one area, you know, and they're like, oh, you're this kind of artist. You make sad songs. You make happy songs. You make sexy songs, that kind of thing. But I've never had that with her. She makes whatever songs she wants to make. And I just think that's so cool. And I love her style. So if I could work with her, I would be on cloud nine. That would be the pinnacle of my life. <laughs> wow. I mean, yes, that's a really great artist. I think Carrie Underwood is very similar, not of course, voice wise, but like the different types of songs she's done, done since American Idol. It just kind of reminds me of that kind of moving forward into a different career and and hosting and stuff. And I, I just love someone who is independent, who's strong-minded, who knows what they want and willing to fight for it. And, and they're not willing to change themselves for others. And I feel like Miranda definitely has that. I mean, you know, when she comes in, like Gretchen Wilson is another one who's very strong-minded um, singer, songwriter, and I love both of them. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's like the best thing. And it, when you can really tell that it's the artist who's in charge of their music, I think that's so cool. And it's not like a record company or a manager or someone telling them, like, this is the kind of music. Like, you can tell with those artists that they are making what they want to make. And I, I feel like they can connect more to it. And that's what I connect to. So I definitely agree. Oh, that's cool. So let's kind of talk about venues. Is there a specific venue that you're dying to play in that you haven't before? And then also, did you get nervous or get stage fright before performing? Or have you had an opportunity to perform live yet? Well, yeah, I mean, I debuted in the middle of COVID. So at this point, I would love to play anywhere. <laughs> I'm not picky. <laughs> live shows are so rare that it's, it's, and it's really difficult to find ones in Utah if you're not a band, because a lot of the venues around here are very tailored to have a band set up. And so... I since I'm a solo artist who does a different kind of performance, it's a lot harder to find those. I mean, my dream, if I could play anywhere, I would love to just play one show in Vegas. I wouldn't want to do residency. That sounds too much. But I would love to play just one show and to just be able to walk down the strip and just see one of those giant banner ads with me on it. I think that would just be so magical and to be like, I did it. And then be able to play it for just that big crowd. That would be the dream venue. But obviously, yeah, <laughs> I, I would love to play anywhere. I've only been able to do a couple of shows. But I love them every time I do them. They're so fun. I definitely get nervous. I'm, I think most people would because it's something that you're really passionate about. So anything you're passionate about, you get a little nervous. You know, you're not sure it's going to work out. I've always loved to sing ever since I was little, but I wasn't always really very good at it. Growing up, I, I actually got bullied a lot for my singing voice. I had a, people would tell me I sounded like a frog because I hadn't learned how to access my tones. So I think I still have a little of that self-consciousness that kind of like will spark up right before I go on stage. But the second I'm out there, if I once I sing the first note, I it all is just gone. And I'm like, this is exactly where I always want to be. That's the most comfortable I've ever feel is when I'm on stage singing. 
So I definitely have all of the nerves before, but like I said, the second I'm out there, they're just gone in an instant. Wow, that's good. I mean, I, I know with the podcast, that's been a big struggle for me um, in the beginning because most of my ones in the beginning were just myself. And so, so when I started interviewing and I had some really big name people, I was like, oh my God, these people were like huge on television or reality stars. Because I'm like, oh, how am I going to be able to conduct this interview without getting overwhelmed? And so what I would do before I would start, I would actually close my eyes. I would say a prayer to myself and just say, do the best you can. And so that helps me um, just to kind of say, you know, no matter who I'm talking to, it's just a conversation and I'm getting to know them and they get to know me instead of me looking at them on a pedestal, because sometimes that can be very intimidating when you meet someone that you idolize or someone that you felt had an amazing career. It's just like, how, what am I going to do if I say the wrong thing? Yeah. (laughs) No, I think that's the best way to look at it. And like, they always tell you that growing up, but it's real. Like, do if you do your actual best, the best that you can do, then there's nothing more that you can be responsible for. So I think that's a way, great way to remind yourself. I'll probably steal that and just remind myself of that before I just think, because yeah. And yeah, that, that's one thing I think that's really helped. I mean, I, I sometimes go back and listen. And I try not to do it too often because I feel like whatever I say in the moment is where I'm at in that moment and not try to critique. Because I know, especially for musicians, sometimes y'all can be perfectionists as well as you know, it's just something that's normal for, for a lot of musicians. And so for me, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm like, my voice was kind of going in and out or it's something I could control with the audio. And it's just, that's life. I mean, when you're literally on stage, you know, anything can happen, you know, that can throw you off. But a consummate professional can just kind of go with the flow, share their experience. And I think that's what makes you authentic and people want to get to know that type of artist because they can tell and feel that you're just being yourself. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And you're definitely right. Musicians are very perfectionist. I always think it's funny because I had an athletic background growing up, but now I do music and it's just so different because you watch a football game or any other sports game and you're expecting mistakes to be made. You know, if everyone played the game perfectly, nothing could possibly happen because one, someone on either side is going to have to make a mistake, but performing and musicians and even like doing interviews and podcasts, it's not like that. It's people expect perfection from you. So we become to expect it from ourselves. But I don't think professionalism, like you said, it's not giving a perfect performance. It's being able to be there in the moment and to just kind of roll with whatever happens and to continue performing through any kind of hardship or any like uh, roadblock. I think that's what actually is being a professional. I agree with that. And, and I play sports, too. I play basketball and I also bowled. I did travel league for a while. And I just remember um, when I did travel league, I think that kind of set me up for <laughs> So a lot of my insecurities because I ended up actually winning two championships back to back with bowling and one bowl a year the first year. And I'm like, oh, my God, this, where do I go from here? And then I just started to kind of lose interest and didn't like it after a while. And I was like, <laughs> and it was it, losing my grandfather really kind of changed and shifted me because he used to go to the, the actual you know tournaments with me. And when he passed, I just kind of lost an interest for it for a while. And then when I did actually start doing it again, it just wasn't the same, but I'm going to get back into doing it for fun. But yeah, being competitive and learning at a young age, how to be competitive, it can definitely, you know, change because the music industry is definitely, you know, it's a dog eat dog world, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> Very much so. All right. So what about your biggest accomplishment? What's one of the biggest things? I know you said you released four EPs um, last year, but was is that one of your biggest accomplishments thus far? 
Yeah, I would say that's probably one of the things I'm most proud of because I am completely independent. So I don't have a manager. I don't have a label. I, I pay for everything myself. So I think that's honestly been one of my proudest accomplishments is being able to... And I also write every song 100% myself. So being able to do all of that and know that I did all of that on my own in just one year, be able to release four of these mini albums was... I think that would probably be one of my proudest achievements. Another fun one not music related was um, I actually was able to compete on. So you think you could dance really briefly, but it was really fun to do that. So that's another one. My, I'd like to like just throw that. I was like, Oh yeah, I do other stuff too. <laughs> that's awesome. How what was that experience? Like it was very intense. I, it, it kind of it just fell into my lap how it had happened. We had auditioned as a joke and then they actually called us in town to go to California and we're like, Oh, this is for real. And then we made it through the first couple of rounds and we were like, wow, that was wild. So it was, it was just really fun and crazy for us, but it was very intense seeing and being surrounded by all of these people who like that is their entire life. And that is what they've been doing since they were like six. And so it was, it was definitely very intense, but it kind of prepared me to know now what the industry is like in just a general entertainment industry. Like there are tons of talented people and performers. So you really got to be competitive and fight for what you want. That's true. That kind of reminds me, my brother and I, when we were younger, we had an audition for American Idol season four. I think that was the season when Carrie won Underwood. And um, they were doing auditions at the Superdome at that time. Um, I know it's changed names since then, but we, I never forget, you had to sleep outside in tents. And I was like, oh my God. Like it was, it was an experience that she'll never forget in waking up. And just <laughs> hundreds and thousands of people in the stadium just singing and they actually repeat the same thing, you know, welcome to America. And I, I'm like, oh, my God, about the third or fourth tape. I was like, I just want to go home. <laughs> but it was just fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was definitely my experience, too. I feel that 14 hour days of being filmed and then not seeing any of it actually end up in the episode. It's like, well, that was great. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it was still a great experience, like you said, because that's something you can always put on your resume. I made it past the different rounds. And- yeah. <laughs> and it's, always, it's just like a fun little, like, yeah, you know, little party trick. Like, oh, yeah, I was on a TV show. Yeah. And by the way, if you didn't know this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about your music, Isaac. Can you tell us about um, your newest songs that you currently released? Like maybe your last EP, if you can talk about that first. And if you can also tell us about your favorite song that you've recorded thus far. Yeah, for sure. So the last EP was actually, uh, I had five new songs on it, but I released it as a compilation album of the other ones that I had done this year because I I am a planner. So I've had this plan for a couple of years before I actually decided to release it. But the four EPs of this year were one for each season. And so this one was the winter one. So the new title track on it is called Be With You and it's a Christmas song. And it's just like a happy, feel lucky, you know, go along. And then it has a couple more just, general winter happy warm you're warm inside cuddled up kind of vibes to it so i really like it but since it's a compilation album it also contains the songs from the summer and the fall one so it's just got a whole kind of range of all those so it's pretty cool i like it a lot (laughs) it's like i was explaining earlier it's very upbeat and fun but it has a lot of those um american elements to it still with like some country honesty and stuff as I'm, I've prepared for next year as well. And so like my next releases, I've, I'm still trying to find that balance. So this year I went, this music is a lot more 
focused on the vibe of the song and kind of like creating a feeling. And so like creating the feelings you feel during those seasons. And next year I want to go a little bit more honest and raw and vulnerable. So I'm excited to do those, but there are still a couple really raw and vulnerable songs on this song, this uh, album, if that's what the listeners like as well. So I'm really proud of it. <laughs> that's awesome. And like I said, I have listened to it and I think that you have an amazing voice. I love like acoustic versions of songs like that to me it's just it's like being in heaven when I hear that like I just love to hear a song broken down on that way that's just always my favorite oh yeah for sure yeah I love acoustic versions too I'm actually planning to do an acoustic version of one of my songs here a little bit soon so I'm excited to release that (laughs) well I'm excited too you make sure you text me let me (laughs) I will (laughs) definitely make sure that I want to share it with everyone and I definitely want to hear it and I just believe when I listen to artists um, I just love to see their career and the just the trajectory of where you're going and, and how do you get to the next level in your career. And I feel like for you, just starting out, especially as young as you are and having this opportunity, it's just going to be great. You'll be able to look back 10 or 15 years and say, wow, I can't believe that I went through all of this to get here and look at where I am now. You actually be able to kind of just really look at how important it was doing this time. Cause this has been a tough season for a lot of people. And I, I love the concept of having four seasons and being able to do those four EPs. I think that's a great concept. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really, I really am proud of it. And I agree. I can't wait to see where it takes me in 10 years. Cause you never really know what's going to be ahead. And that was the whole theme actually of my uh, song view with you. Cause it was like, I realize that I'm only 23 and to most people like that, I'm still a child. Like, I don't not know a lot, you know, I've just barely had to start paying taxes and stuff. Um, so there, I have no idea where I'm going to be this next year, what kind of crazy stuff is going to happen, but you can look back and be proud of where you were. And also just as long as you surround yourself with the right people, it's going to be a good year. So I, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So I have one other question before I let you kind of plug where everyone can find you. This is one question I love to ask to every guest that I talk to. And it's if you could give your younger self, so younger than 23, so you can choose <laughs> whatever age you would like to use. If you can give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you tell yourself and what age? Um, I think I would tell this to probably myself from like every age, from like 13 to probably about like 22. I have always been kind of (laughs) crazy and very intense. And so I think I would just want to tell myself to take a deep breath and to relax and to keep working hard because that's how you can accomplish things. But to really understand that your value doesn't come from other people. That's one of the hardest things I've had to learn. And I've been able to learn it through my experience in the music industry just so far. Because like we said earlier, the the market is so oversaturated. It's crazy like there's so many musicians there's so many talented artists and it really it takes a miracle or just one opportunity or connections to really get that traction that big following and so in like in a lot of industries quality reflects um how you sell you know so like if you're making a product and it's a high quality product it'll sell and if you make a low quality product it won't sell but that's not really how the music industry works sales don't reflect the quality of your music so you can have really good music but just because no one's heard it yet. And, you know, like there's tons of talented artists out there who will only ever have a small audience of like, you know, less than a thousand people. But then there's also artists out there who have millions and millions of followers that I would argue are not as musically talented. And so it really just, it comes down to like, it doesn't mean your music is good or not if people don't hear it or don't listen to it 
and that you're not talented. It just means the right people who will want that music haven't had a chance to hear it yet. And I think the same thing applies to people. And that's what I've been able to learn through my experience of being an artist is like you, if you're sitting home alone on a Thursday or a Friday night, you know, it doesn't mean you don't have value. It doesn't mean that nobody likes you and everybody hates you. It just means you haven't met the right people who are going to appreciate you for everything you are yet. But it doesn't mean that you should be changing yourself to fit the people that are currently around you. It just means you should believe in yourself, be what makes you happy as long as you're not harming other people. And then go out there and you got to put the work in and you got to find people who will give you the appreciation that you deserve. And, but it doesn't mean like getting that, not getting that from other people doesn't mean you don't have value, which is something I've, it's been really hard for me to learn. And even in the end, if nobody ever listens to your music, if you like your music, then it was still a productive use of your time. And the same thing goes with you. You're the only person that can ever really give you the attention and the appreciation that you really deserve. And so you have to be able to feel that in yourself, like you said at the beginning, and be confident in yourself and love who you are. And if you can look in the mirror and love who you are, then it doesn't matter what anybody else says. I think that is what I would want to say to myself. And I'd probably keep reminding myself that until I actually listened and (laughs) believed it. I think those are probably some of the wisest words I've heard on the podcast that I, since I've been doing this now, this is the fifth season of this podcast. And I really do think that you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think a lot of times people are so used to conforming or feeling as though that they don't have the confidence within themselves to be who they are or to be able to set boundaries of people who are trying to change or you know, maybe instruct them to do things a certain way. But I, one thing I love about artists and especially artists like you, it's about being not only authentic, but loving, like you said, all of the challenges you face, but also accepting those pitfalls and saying, that's not who I'm going to be in the future. That's what I had to go through to get to where I'm going to make a name for myself. And a name doesn't have to mean millions of followers. Um, as you mentioned, there are a lot of artists out there right now who I really don't care for musically. Um, but they're very successful and success um, in this, especially in this day and age is based on followers, TikTok, Instagram, you know, a lot of those different <laughs> things. And I, I go back to when I was younger, um, remember standing in line to buy CDs or waiting for like TRL to come on or, or 106 in Park, like shows that I watched growing up. And it was, a, it was almost an experience. Like it wasn't something like someone was a commodity uh, to a certain extent, like you really felt a connection. With with I use an example like Aaliyah, you know, rest in peace. One of the one of the most innovative artists, probably of all time. Even all these years after she's passed, it's been I think twenty years, if I'm not mistaken. And how her name is still relevant, and how people remember the experience of seeing her on television, listening to all the things she's done, and she was just such a great person. But most people don't know is that she was on the A, you know, honor roll and graduated. I think if I'm not mistaken, with a 4.0, but it was a really high GPA and was still pursuing music. And it's just something that someone at very young age and all the things she was able to do and make such an impact. And that's someone who we'll remember forever because of what she did. And I just hope that, you know, as you continue to grow in your career, that people will say the same thing about you. I remember that guy. I remember what he went through, but he really helped change my life. And I think, like you said, starting in small venues and doing these different shows and 
being on podcasts and talking more, I think it's going to really help build your confidence. So when you have that great big interview, someone to say, hey, I remember that guy and, and you'll really be able to make such a huge change in the world. So I'm glad, so glad that you were here today. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. And that was, that was so nice. And I appreciate it. I really do. I, I, I agree with everything you said. Yeah. And it's just, it's so interesting because the follower count is such a social status thing now because it's so easy to sit there and compare yourself, you know, to even, I even sometimes have to catch myself to stop doing it, not even related to music, but just in general life. And just like seeing like, hey, why did my friend get, you know, this many likes on his picture? I didn't get that many likes. And it's like, that's a ridiculous thing to compare your value to. And so I'm, it's kind of sad that we've lost that real personal connection, I think, in the music industry. Like you were saying, with like the whole experience of going and getting the CDs. I still collect CDs, actually, because I feel way more personal, like looking at the CD than just like seeing it on my Apple Music. But I definitely agree. So I, it's sad to me that it's like that. But I'm hoping that there's a lot of artists out there, you know, like me, who just want to make that music and feel that connection to the listeners. So I'm excited to see what happens in the future. Well, I'm excited to be a small part of just your beginning. And I know that you're going to make an amazing artist because you come from a great, sincere place. And I think that is really the markings of an artist is when you're sincere, as you mentioned, like with Miranda, Miranda Lambert and her career like when she really came from a genuine place and you knew when she was upset when she was happy when she was going through it her music and her life because she shared it with us and so thank you so much for being here and sharing yourself on black canvas and i would love to have you on space between hopefully beginning of next year we can set something up and you can sing live for us that sounds great thanks so much for having me let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas All right. Thank you so much, Isaac, for being a part of Black Canvas. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks to you as well. Okay. See ya.